0: Hi, this is Erica from What's the Dealio. In today's episode, we will be discussing about the speech tournament that happened last week. The K Pass speech tournament is a competition among all of the international schools in Kanto and students in the speech team have prepared and practiced their speeches to this day. Speech has eight different categories to compete in storytelling, poetry, Humorous, Dramatic Interpretation, Dramatic Duo Done by Two People, Original Informative, Original Persuasive, and Extemporaneous. The last three are more educational and informative, having to write an original speech by yourself. I want to give a big round of applause to everyone who competed in the K-Pass tournament this year, as well as those who just participated in the club itself. Congratulations! To S.B. Littlefield and Leah Epstein in the original informative category, Ryan Hisada and Hannah Freeman in the original persuasive category, Connor Takehana and Nathan Michaels in the extemporaneous category, Kai Hyodo and Haben Jung in the dramatic interpretation category, Sena Chang and Anne Marie Hashimoto in the poetry category, Kylie Barquet and Kaylin Ook in the humorous category, and Zane Gladstone and Jake Chan, and Leah Epstein and Hannah Freeman in the dramatic duo category. Please enjoy.
1: Hello, my name is Cecile Mantel, and my category for speech is storytelling. Today I will be reading The Pedestrian, written by Ray Bradbury which is a short story that details the journey of a man named Leonard Mead as he takes a walk through a futuristic world. Thank you. To enter out into that silence that was the city at eight o'clock of a misty evening in November, to put your feet upon that buckling concrete walk and make your way hands in pockets through the silences, that was what Mr. Leonard Mead most dearly loved to do. He would stand up on the corner and peer down long moonlit sidewalk, deciding which way to go, but it really made no difference. He was alone in this world of a d twenty fifty three or as good as alone, and with a final decision made, a path selected, he would stride off, sending frosty air before him like the smoke of a cigar. on this particular evening, he began his journey in a westerly direction. He listened to the faint push of his soft shoes through autumn leaves and whistled a cold whistle between his teeth. Hello in there, he whispered to every house. What's up tonight on Channel 4, Channel 7, Channel 9? Where are the cowboys rushing? And oh, do I see the United States Cavalry over the hill to the rescue? The street was silent and long and empty with only his shadow moving. What is it now? 8.30 p.m.? Time for a dozen assorted murders, a quiz, a review? A comedian falling off the stage? (sighs) Mr. Mead continued on. He came to a cloverleaf intersection which stood silent where two highways crossed. During the day, it was a thunderous surge of cars, a great insect rustling and a ceaseless jockeying as the scarab beetles, a faint incense puttering from their exhausts, skimmed homeward. But now these highways, too, were like streams in a dry season, all stone and bed and moon radiance. He turned back towards his home. A lone car turned the corner quite suddenly and flashed a fierce cone of light upon him. He stood entranced, not unlike a night moth, stunned by the illumination and then drawn toward it. A voice called to him. Stand still. Stay where you are. Don't move. He halted. Put your hands up. Uh, But your hands up or we'll shoot. The police, of course, but what a rare, incredible thing. In a city of three million, there was only one police car left, wasn't that correct? Your name, said the police car. He couldn't see the men in it for the bright light in his eyes. Leonard Mead. Speak up. Leonard Mead. Business or profession? I I guess you'd call me a writer. No profession. Oh, well, you you might say that. He hadn't written in years. Magazines and books didn't sell anymore. Everything went on in the tomb like houses at night. The tombs, ill lit by television light, where people sat like the dead. The gray or multicolored lights touching their faces, but never really touching them. No profession. What are you doing out? Uh, I'm walking. Walking where? For what? While walking for air, walking to see, your address, eleventh uh, South Saint James Street. And there is air in your house. You have an air conditioner, Mr. Mead. Y- yes, and you have a viewing screen in your house to see with. No. No. There was a crackling quiet that, in itself, was an accusation, and Leonard Mead waited in the cool night. Have you done this often? Um, Every night for for years. The police car sat with its radio throat faintly humming. Um, Is that all? Yes. Here. There was a sigh, a pop, and the back door sprung wide. Get in. Now, now, Now wait a minute, I haven't done anything. Get in. I, I protest Mr Meade he walked like a man suddenly drunk and as he passed the front window of the car he looked in there was no one in the front seat no one in the car at all get in The back seat was a little cell, a little black jail with bars. It smelled of riveted steel. It smelled of harsh antiseptic. It smelled too clean and too hard and too metallic. There was nothing soft in there. He got in, and the door shut with a soft They passed one house a moment later, one house in an entire city of houses that were dark. But this one particular house had all of its electric lights brightly lit, every window a loud yellow illumination, square and warm in the cool darkness. That's my house! That's my house! No one answered Leonard Mead. The car moved down the empty riverbed streets and off and away, leaving the empty streets with no sound and no motion all the rest of the chill November night. Thank you. Hello,
2: my name is Senna Cheng and today I will be performing Pineapples on Pizza, a piece of original spoken word poetry that discusses the merits of putting pineapples on pizza and analogizes it to the immigration debate in the United States. Pineapples on pizza. A delivery man once told me, a pineapple epidemic is rocking this nation on the news in our households and in our schools this epidemic places a never-ending chokehold on the neck of america neck whose arteries have been squeezed by the tendrils of oppression purging it of its oxygen its noble name on the g7 table is a pure oxymoron when we gargle with the peroxide of performative activism each day when we drown out all noise in this debate over pineapple on pizza. Consensus slipping out of our fingers like grease, pizza orders constantly canceled and pineapple solely ostracized. We all plunge ourselves into the reality show of our debate when the news fails to show the reality at our borders, taking center stage between two Venn diagrams labeled us and them. When Maria, age seven, knows the names of more ice guards than ice cream flavors. When Ximena, age 27, has had more heart attacks than heartbreaks. When children grow out of their innocent bodies earlier than they do their clothes, clothes closeted, they become when they finally realize that broken bears bear no meaning when put next to broken souls. And with a bang, we blast explosives into the air celebrating America's freedom on July until they are the noises we run away from at the border running towards the beacon of freedom. Because what is freedom in America if not a calling siren screeching for justice with a noose around its neck? I am the pineapples on our pizza, my identity stripped, my morality sliced, and the juices of my culture become one with the vapors of the stone oven. And eventually, we are put on display as a ragged plate that's been tossed from donkeys to elephants, from Democrat to Republican, like a game of Frisbee, like a game of Frisbee. They choose right or left instead of right or wrong when the only direction that humanity has left to go is forward, to go forward, is waiting in a pool of mozzarella when what slips from our minds is the fact that we are a single pizza, not eight slices. The fact that pizza isn't even ours to claim heritage to. The fact that all our ingredients are foreign. We are the pineapples on pizza until we aren't, our presence hinging on the jaws of a hungry abyss that eats, eats, and eats until it is satiated with the sweetness of our struggles until its gunshots become flower petals that rain down on our caskets. So tell me, delivery man, when will America's hunger quell? When will America's immigrants finally breathe? When will pineapple on pizza finally belong, if ever? It's been three minutes, 180 or so seconds since I first spoke. The same amount of time it took for 10 ice guards to shoot 15 people at the border on June 15th. The same amount of time put aside for our livelihoods on the Senate floor. The same amount of time it takes for discussion over pineapples on pizza to end. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Cecile and Sana, for sharing your speeches with us. You can see the rest of the team's speeches at the live stream on ASIJ TV.